0: Um, Hello, family. I'm C, and I am a recovering compulsive eater. But to be with you, I always feel like my story is so boring, but it is my story. But I do want to do something tonight. I want to frame it around something that's really been on my mind uh, and in my spirit a lot lately, and and that is the second step. So my uh, abstinence date is 7-21-21, so I haven't been here that long. I did try o a many 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 years ago long before I was what would be considered medically obese, um, but I had you know i don 't know maybe twenty extra pounds or something like that that I was having trouble keeping off and and i didn't like it, and I had forgotten about that until. I came back, uh, and I thought, you know, there's some. I vaguely remember going to a meeting and hearing something about this, and then I heard someone mention the grace sheet, and that's when it came back to me, that when I had gone, I was told I should get a sponsor. I knew about sponsors from the beverage program, and she handed me the sheet, and I looked at that and thought, well, I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm doing that. That doesn't even look healthy. I'm not doing that, and I walked away. So I will say to you that when I came back in 2021, this really is the last place I wanted to be. I didn't want to need another 12-step recovery program. When I first got sober way back in the 80s, they were still saying everything you need is in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that's all you need, blah, 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 blah. Nowadays, I hear people saying, if you're only in one 12-step program, you're probably in denial. So uh, that's sort of where I am now. Um, AA will always be my primary because nothing is possible if I pick up a drink or a drug. But I didn't want to be here. I know how to lose weight. I knew how to diet and lose weight. So I just didn't want to have to do another 12-step recovery program. I had to come here, listen, understand that it is a 12-step recovery program and that the food and the And the um, compulsive eating behaviors were simply symptoms of something much deeper that was going on inside of me. And that is what uh, 12-step recovery is about and what I want to focus on tonight. I was born in the 50s. I came into the world at 9 pounds four ounces, which was a huge baby in the 50s. It's still a big baby, um, but it was huge and unusual in the 50s. And I was a fat, happy baby born to a miserable alcoholic mother who really was not capable of bonding with her children. She had another child um, 13 years later, <clears throat> and bless her heart, I've come to have great compassion for my mother, uh, but she just shouldn't have been a mother. And <clears throat> I bounced into the world, forgive me, the air is so bad here, I'm in Maryland, and the the, quality, the air quality is just abysmal, and I've been struggling with allergy stuff all day. <clears throat> I'll try not to annoy you with all this clearing of my throat. Um, but uh, my father left because he just couldn't believe he had a wife who was drinking through a pregnancy and drinking alcoholically. So she was lonely and miserable and quickly remarried and married someone who liked to drink the way she liked to drink. And that began a long, long, long period of of violent, abusive, uh, and chaotic marriage. And I was an only child for 13 years in that. And I do not recall using food um, to soothe myself as a child. As I said, I was a fat baby when I, when I started walking. I started going straight up. And so I was tall and skinny for a long time. I mean, really skinny. The kids called me olive oil uh, because I was just tall and skinny. I was taller than three of my grade school teachers because I was five, four in the fourth grade and then five five in the fifth grade. and six, So I was tall and skinny. And and didn't want to be that skinny. And I didn't start to really fill out until I was in high school, something of a late bloomer. But I didn't really, and I wasn't really much of an athlete, so it wasn't that. I, I just, and my mom was naturally thin. Uh, she's never had a weight problem in her life. And uh, I didn't have any extra pounds until somewhere around 15. Someone is unmuted. Uh, somewhere around the age of 15, I picked on about picked up about 10 or 15 extra pounds, and people commented about that. I thought that's probably not good. And by the time I was 18, um, uh, I as I said I was tall, and people said you should model, and I did that through my college days <clears throat> until I got pregnant, and that is when my first huge weight gain came. I gained 60 pounds with that pregnancy, having starved myself to try to be the size that they want. And back then at 5'10", I could still be a size six. Nowadays, 5'10", models are twos and fours, which is amazing to me. But I really had to starve myself to be that thin. And when they said I needed to eat for the baby, I thought, woohoo, yes, indeedy. And oh, boy, did I eat. It's also true that I was in a, a, a rather sick relationship uh, with a married man who didn't want any more children. Um, <clears throat> and so there was rejection, and there was uncertainty, and there was fear, 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 fear. I have a disease of more, whatever the program is, I want more. And I also am driven by fear when I am not well, when I am not in recovery, uh, fear of losing what Did we lose Sue? We lost C, the speaker. See are you there? Oh. It stopped. Okay. I'll start the timer again. Oh, that was interesting. Um I don't remember where I was. Uh oh, fear, 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 fear. Fear fear of not getting what I want, fear of um losing what I have, and fear of being found out, fear of being found out, because I worked really hard to try to look as if I had it all together, and I most definitely did not have it all together. Nobody wanted that baby but me, and when he was born, it was the two of us. My mother would have nothing to do with him. His father didn't want another child, as I said, and so there I was, and the fear was right up in my face and at my throat. After a few months of um, being called fat and all kinds of un- unpleasant things, I did lose all of that weight. I was quite young; I was 21, and it wasn't so hard. I-, I knew how to restrict. I mean, I had to restrict to be a model, so I knew how to starve myself, and I knew how to exercise. And so I lost all that weight, and for the most part, I kept that weight off into, you know, through my young adulthood and into, um, you know, my 30s. And then I finally was able to separate from that abusive relationship and started to have some up and down, up and down, up and down. I got sober in that time. My life was going really well in a lot of ways. And it was uh, when I got out of grad school, changed careers, and was living alone uh, and living alone in a a fairly good-sized house that was provided by my employers, more house than I needed. And what I didn't understand at the time was that I was profoundly lonely. And not lonely as in I wanted a partner because, you know, I was attractive enough to men. Uh, that wasn't the issue. But there was a loneliness inside of me that I wasn't even aware was there. And the fear, even though I was sober by then and working the program um, of Alcoholics Anonymous. There was still that fear because this time it was, you know, I've changed careers and I'm supposed to be all bad. And what if they find out I'm really not as smart as they think I am? The fear, the fear, the fear, the fear, the fear. I relapsed as a result of that in AA. I went on a seven-year tear with a new career. Um, And it didn't show at the beginning, but eventually my employer said, you are worth saving. Go get help. We will pay for it. We will send you wherever you want to go go get help. And I did. By the time I hit my 50s, I was having trouble controlling my weight. And I have never been a person who piled my plate high. That was not my eating pattern. What I didn't understand, again, until I came into OA, was that I'm what you all call a grazer. I just ate all day long. I just ate, 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 in addition to the three usual meals. I had lots of snacks in between, and they weren't huge amounts, but I do like fattening things, and I do like things that are sweet and creamy. That is a fact, but I just ate little bits all the time, and I would wonder where the weight came from, but when I found myself overweight, and by now, when I talk about overweight, I'm into the obesity category medically, and uh, I would severely restrict and work out two hours a day, six days a week, That's how I lost weight. So I lost more than 50 pounds three times from the age of 50 into my 60s. I lost more than 50 pounds three times. And each time, it all came back with interest. And that is what got me to OA. I knew how to lose weight, but I didn't know how to keep it off. I couldn't understand why it kept coming back. I really didn't. Just like when I first got sober, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was losing my mind. And then they told me I had a disease and how to treat it and all of that. And so I needed you all to help me understand that this too, not only is it a disease, but it is a progressive one, which is why I was gaining more weight every time I gained it back. So um, what I knew was that I needed to do things differently, and so I have been on a slow roll. My highest recorded weight was 291. Uh, I was 5'10 when I was younger. It really annoys me that I have shrunk to 5'8, which really makes me mad. None of my short friends have any sympathy for me that I am down to 5'8, but I was 5'10 at my highest. My highest recorded rate is 291. And I knew that this time I did not want to lose 50 pounds in four months and do what I had done before because that's not sustainable. It was important to me this time to do something that was sustainable. So I had been on a slow roll, and I'm fine with that. My goal was to lose about a third of the weight each year, and I'm absolutely on track with that. It is a wonderful thing, and I I probably will, will hit my goal by the end of this year uh, to lose the, the extra 100 pounds that I've been carrying on my arthritic body. And this time I have not used exercise to burn calories so that I can um, eat more, which is what I did before. The severe restricting and the exercise bulimia did not come back because I just didn't wanna live that way anymore. Many years ago in the other program, I heard someone quote, The mind orders the body, the body obeys. The mind orders the mind and meets resistance. That's actually a paraphrase of a quote from St. Augustine in Confessions. But I remember it the way I heard it. The mind orders the mind and the, excuse me, the mind orders the body and the body obeys. The mind orders the mind and meets resistance. Excuse me. That made sense to me with regard to booze and drugs, and it makes sense to me with regard to food. Food is but a symptom of something else that is going on with me. There is a solution, and that's a chapter in the big book. And in there, it says, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. And that is true for me with my food addiction. The main problem centers in my mind rather than in my body. It shows up in my body. Oh, boy, does it show up in my body. But the problem isn't my body. My mind tells my body what to do, and the body actually does obey. My abstinence is very simple, three meals a day at scheduled times with nothing in between. And you couldn't have told me three years ago that I could do that, just have three meals a day. I do have a snack if I want one, and a lot of times I don't want one. But three meals a day at set times with nothing in between. That's it. I do not severely restrict. I eat the things that I enjoy. Uh, I don't obsess about it. I am finally, finally neutral around food. I, I was at well, I'm at a lot of eating events because of work, and I can see the things that just used to call my name, and, and I can say, but nope, don't want that. And that that did not come right away, I have to tell you. Um, those sweet, creamy things just seem to scream at me. But I'm finally neutral around food. I eat when I'm hungry, and I don't eat when I'm not. That is such a gift to me because the mind, my mind is telling my body And the body is obeying. My problem is that my mind meets resistance from itself. That's when I get in trouble. And in the second step of the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous, it says, compulsive eaters are often people of extremes. That would be me. We overreacted to slight provocations while ignoring the real issues in our lives. We were obsessively busy. Then we were exhausted and unable to act. We were wildly excited, then deeply depressed. We saw the whole world in black and white. If we couldn't have it all, we didn't want any. If we couldn't be the best, we didn't want to participate. Why are you all talking about me like that? I mean, I read the words in this book and all of the other recovery books and think, oh, my God, how do they know so much about me? Well, because, you know, we're, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways. There are different ways to get abstinent in this program. There are all different kinds of groups and whatnot uh, for people to get abstinent, and that's fine. I Whatever works for you is what I say. But for me, I need to keep my head in the literature, in the literature of um, Alcoholics Anonymous and in our literature. On page 9 of our um, 12 and 12, it says, when we look with complete honesty in our, li- in our lives, We see that where eating is concerned, we have acted in an extremely irrational and self-destructive manner. Under the compulsion to overeat, many of us have done things no sane person would think of doing. We have driven miles in the dead of night to satisfy a craving for food. We have eaten food that was frozen, burnt stale or even dangerously spoiled. We have eaten food off other people's plates, off the floor and off the ground. We have dug food out of the garbage and eaten it. We have frequently lied about what we have eaten, lied to ourselves and to others because we didn't want to face the truth about what we do when it comes to food. We have stolen from our friends, family, employers, as well as from the grocery store. We have also stolen money to buy food. We have eaten beyond the point of being full, beyond the point of being sick of eating. We have continued to overeat, knowing all the while we were disfiguring and maiming our bodies. We have isolated ourselves to eat, damaging our relationships and denying ourselves full social lives. Because of our compulsive eating, we have turned ourselves into objects of ridicule, and we have destroyed our health. I'll stop reading there in step two. There is a solution, and this is the solution for me. Um, In the big book, it says in the four to the first edition that a group of 100 members had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, that they had recovered past tense from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that's where I was when I came into OA. I mean, it was my state of mind and body seemed hopeless. I knew that I just couldn't keep doing this. I couldn't keep losing and gaining and losing and gaining. I have osteoarthritis from the top of my spine all the way to my big toes, literally. I also live with rheumatoid arthritis, so inflammation is real. Um, There's never a moment when I am not in pain, and I take some pretty powerful treatments for my RA, but there's never a moment when I am not in pain. Every pound that I have taken off of these joints is a gift to my body. Uh, At this point in life, I am not so worried about being cute. I have no desire to be ultra thin. Um, I just want to be healthy. I want to stop the damage that I have done to my body. But more than anything, I want to have harmony, balance. I want to be restored to equilibrium. These wild swings that characterize my addictions and my addictive behavior, they're exhausting. They're just absolutely exhausting. And I'm too old to live like that anymore. So uh, I admire the people who, you know, came in at 30 and got abstinent and they've been happy and healthy and free ever since. So I'm coming in as an older woman, but My story is my story. I'm here. This is where I am today. I'm here, enjoying a different life as a result of these 12 steps in Overeaters Anonymous uh, and making wonderful new friends in this fellowship. So I think I'm just going to keep coming back. I know what relapse feels like in the other program. It was uh, pitiable and incomprehensible demoralization because the first time I didn't know what was wrong with me, but when I relapsed, I knew what was wrong with me. And I was in denial about it I wanted to I wanted things to be different and and i can 't make myself not an alcoholic, just like i can 't make myself not a compulsive eater. but I can not drink one day at a time, and I can not compulsively eat or engage in compulsive food behaviors one day at a time. That for me is the victory and i 've got a minute left i 'm going to seed my time um, and the topic that I offer is the second step. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity or the insanity of of, uh, compulsive eating or overeating or being restored to sanity. Anything around that. And so I am C and I will give my email when the recording stops.